In the name of God, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today is the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Up until this Sunday, all of the feasts that we have had have been celebrations of moments in the life of the Lord. His birth at Christmas time, the, the epiphany, the manifestation to the, to the, that he was a Lord and Savior, which, which came to the nations and represented by the coming of the wise men, um, his baptism, his preaching and teaching and healing, his passion on Good Friday, his glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday, his ascension into heaven to fill all things and to rule all things, and the sending of the Holy Spirit, which we had last week on, in Pentecost, uh, events in the story of God's salvation of us in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. And now on this Sunday, we have a feast, which is a, a, about a doctrine. It's about the Christian doctrine of God, the Christian understanding of God. And it's, uh, it, is the, it is a summary of all God's dealing with us. And the Christian doctrine of God is that God is three and one, three in one, one God in three persons. We have to be very careful now because when we speak about God, we can only speak, here's a big word, analogously. We can only speak in analogies. What's an analogy? An analogy is when you are comparing one thing to another and it's both like and unlike. So we have analogies for God. God is incomprehensible. God is not beyond our understanding, but supersedes our understanding. Okay. Uh, we can understand God. God wants to be understood. He's revealed himself perfectly in Jesus Christ the Lord. But yet, as much as we understand, there's always more to go. There, in, there are immeasurable, unfathomable, unfathomable depths in, in God. Uh, but God has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he's He's dealing with us. Uh, one God, three persons. Persons, now persons, that's an analogy. They're not quite like human persons. The divine persons are not quite like human persons. We exist and then we have relationships. Divine, the, the, the divine persons consist in their relationships. And I'll try to unpack this as... Uh, by God's grace, the best I can. But the first thing to say about the doctrine of the Holy Trinity is that it is not uh, theologians uh, or philosophers sitting around speculating and coming up with a complicated set of ideas just for the fun of doing that. Uh, it is, it is um, thinking which is driven by the Christian experience of God. It is thinking which is trying to comprehend as fully as we can this mystery of God who has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A mystery does not mean something irrational, but it means something that cannot be fully comprehended. It can be comprehended up to a point, but not fully comprehended. And a mystery is something that must be revealed to us. It must be uncovered to us. And so God reveals to us in the sending of his Son, and the sending of his Holy Spirit. That though there is one God, there's a Father, a Son, and a Spirit. And St. Irenaeus says, this uh, great second century uh, teacher of the church, St. Irenaeus says, 
And so the, the Son and the Spirit are the two hands of the Father. The Son and the Spirit are the two hands of the Father by which he reaches out to us to pull us to himself. The Holy Spirit brings us to the Father through the Son. The Holy Spirit brings us to the Father through the Son. The Holy Spirit makes us one with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's the same kind of thinking as, as scientists being, being driven to understand the nature of light. Uh, my understanding is in the history of understanding of light, photons were discovered, these light particles. You know, they're called photons, right? Um, and, but then also somehow, sometimes light behaves as waves. And it would be a very easy solution to the problem, wouldn't it? If you just sort of picked one or the other, right? But light is both, it's both photons and it's waves at the same time. And so you have to have an understanding that comprehends reality as it presents itself. And the Trinity is an understanding of God. It's the Christian understanding of God. And it's a, a deep, um, a deep contemplation that God is love, that God is love. So how can we understand this? How can we, with what analogies can we approach the mystery of the God who has revealed himself as one God, yet Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Well, it's important to understand that there's nothing in this world that is three in one at the same time. The only thing that's three in one at the same time is the undivided Trinity. Now, very famously, there's the story of St. Patrick of Ireland teaching the uh, teaching the doctrine of the Holy Trinity to the Irish people with the shamrock, right, which is a, sort of a national plant of, of, of Ireland. And it's a little bit like God. It has three parts. It's one plant. It has three parts. It's a little bit like that, but really it's one thing with three parts. There's, there's, there's no material analogy. And the best analogy that I know about is an analogy that comes to us from St. Augustine, St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the great thinkers of the church. St. Augustine of Hippo, and from him through St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, the great teacher of the church. And St. Thomas calls this analogy the, the analogy of the emanation of an inner word. And it goes like this. What is closer to you than your own word? What is closer to you than your own word? It arises up from within your heart. Now imagine a perfect speaker, a perfect speaker, right? expressing himself through a perfect word, really, really putting himself into the word. And from all eternity, the perfect speaker speaks the perfect word of sacrificial love. And uh, this word perfectly reveals and perfectly expresses the God who is love. And because it's a perfect expression of the perfect speaker, he really, he completely puts himself into it. And so the Father pours himself and everything that he is and everything that he has into the Son, who is his perfect eternal word of divine love. Now, what does St. John tell us in the beginning of his gospel? In the beginning was the logos. In the beginning, that's the Greek word. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And through him everything that was made was made. So there's the Father and the Son 
the Son always begotten of the Father. There never was a time when there was not a Father who begot a Son. There never was a time when there was not a Son who was eternally begotten of the Father. And so uh, there is this love which is the bond between the speaker and his word. The Father, the Father delights in the Son. He affirms the Son. He, 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 he confirms the Son. He blesses the Son. He, um, cherishes his son, and the son loves, adores, worships, and obeys the father. And there is, a, there is a going out and a coming back of love between the father and the son. And because this is the perfect expression of God and the perfect going out of God's love and the perfect returning of God's love, it's God himself, the Holy Spirit. And so we have the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, this eternal conversation of love, this eternal pouring out of love that returns to itself, accomplishing that which it purposes to do. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says about the word of God, it does, God's word, it does not return to me empty, but it, but it, but it, 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 uh, it prospers in that which I determine. It accomplishes that which I desire. So there's one God, there's one God, but persons in this sense, this peculiar sense of the, of the one undivided and holy trinity, this eternal conversation of love, this eternal perfect expression of the Father and his perfect word of love, and this perfect uh, going forth of the word of love with the, with the spirit that proceeds from the Father and Son together and then coming to us to make us one, to bring us home to the Father. Now, in the scriptures that we have today, we can see the Trinity at work. And this is really, it, it is, this is something to ponder. The Holy Trinity is something to ponder. Uh, it's the depth of the, of the divine love it's uh, capable of, absor of absorbing all of our prayer, all of our, all of our life. But although on the one hand, it's incomprehensible. On the other hand, it's something that you know. When you pray, when we pray here, when we say the Eucharist together, we're praying to the Father, through the Son, in the power of the Spirit. The Father at great cost, we know this, the Father at great cost, has sent us the Son, who spread out his arms of love on the hardwood of the cross, that the whole world might come within the reach of his saving embrace. And by the Holy Spirit, the Son has identified himself with us, has taken on our life, that through the Spirit he might give us a share in his life, and in and through his humanity, as he's raised up, share in this eternal conversation of love, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Son takes on our mortality that we might, through the Spirit, have a share in his immortality. He takes on our sin 
so that through the Spirit we might be able to take on his righteousness. He takes on um, uh, our death so that through the Spirit we may be able to take on his life. He takes on the consequences of our disobedience through the Spirit so that we might through the Spirit be able to be obedient as he is. He comes down through the Spirit so that with him we might ascend through the Spirit, through the Son, by the Spirit, through the Son, uh, to the Father, and in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And not of anything of our own, but being adopted into him and into his humanity, we're able to say with him, this word that the eternal only begotten Son of God says to his Father, Ab, our Father. So we, we praise and we adore the equal glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we, and we come here week by week and we take advantage of, of all the ordinary means of grace that we might be caught up one by one, but also as a gathered church, also as the communion of saints, that we might be caught up in the eternal, everlasting song of God's love. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.